Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Manna for Breakfast. We better get right into the reading this morning since we're like way behind. So, Father God, thank you for bringing us together and thank you for guiding us and giving us this time where we can read your word and now with better sound and spend this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Job chapter 3. Afterward, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was born and the night with which a boy was conceived. May the day be darkness, and let not God above care for it, nor let light shine on it. Let darkness and black gloom claim it. Let the clouds settle on it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for the night, let the darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of months. Behold, let the night be barren. Let no joyful shout enter it. Let those curse it who curse the day. Who are prepared to rouse Leviathan? Let the stars in its twilight be darkened. Let it wait for light, but have none. And let it not see the breaking dawn, because it did not shut the opening of my mother's womb, or hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth? Come forth from the womb and expire. Why did the knees receive me? And why the breast that I should suck? For now I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept then. I would have been at rest with kings and with counselors of the earth who rebuilt ruins for themselves or with princes who had gold, who were filling their houses with silver or like a miscarriage which is discarded. I would not be as infants that never saw light. There the wicked cease from raging, and there the weary are at rest. The prisoners are at ease together. They do not hear the voice of the taskmaster. The small and the great are there, and the slave is free from his master. Why is light given to him who suffers, and life to the bitter of soul who long for death, but there is none? and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, who rejoice greatly and exult when they find the grave. Why is light given to a man and whom God has hedged in? For my groaning comes at the sight of my food, and my cries pour out like water. For what I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I am not at rest, but turmoil comes. Chapter 4. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered, If one ventures a word with you, will you become impatient? But who can refrain from speaking? Behold, you have admonished many, and you have strengthened weak hands. Your words have helped the tottering to stand, and you have strengthened feeble knees. But now it has come to you, and you are impatient. It touches you, and you are dismayed. Is not your fear of God your confidence, the integrity of your ways your hope? Remember now, whoever perished being innocent, 
or where were the upright destroyed? According to what I have seen, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble harvest it. By the breath of God, they perish. And by the blast of his anger, they come to an end. The roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lion are broken. The lion perishes for lack of prey. And the whelps of the lioness are scattered. Now a word was brought to me stealthily, and my ear received a whisper of it. Amid disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, dread came upon me and trembling, and made all my bones shake. Then a spirit passed by my face. The hair on my flesh bristled up. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence. Then I heard a voice. Can mankind be just before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? He puts no trust even in his servants, and against his angel he charges error. How much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before the moth. Between morning and evening, they are broken in pieces. Unobserved, they perish forever. Is not their tent cord plucked up from within them? They die yet without reason. So we'll stop there and look at this. Job has been seven days mourning and, and thinking. And when you sit there day after day after day, and you've suffered many things, and here he suffered as much as a person can suffer, physically, emotionally, he lost his family, lost his house, lost his wealth. And he's sitting there and thinking and thinking and thinking. Initially, initially, he praises God. He worships. Naked I came into the world, naked shall I return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And there was Job in the right mind, in the right type of mourning, in the right kind of thinking. But as days go on, that gives the enemy a time to start playing with his mind. And rather than continuing that worship of God, he changes into thinking about his situation. His focus becomes on himself, turns it from God to himself, and that brings him into that depression. Woe is me. Why was I ever born? What is the point of me living? Why am I even here? See, these are essentially suicidal thoughts. When you start thinking, why was I ever born? It's, it would have been better if I wasn't born. So you, easy to transition that is, why should I stay? And this is a commonality amongst people that become very depressed. Some of you have been there. You know what I mean. That's straight from the enemy. You were bought with a price. You're not your own. Jesus paid for you in blood. You're blood bought. He loves you. And so no matter what other things come upon you, you've got to keep clear in your mind that you are a precious and very loved creation and child of God. But Job is in this point where he can't see that. He can't realize that. He, what he sees is suffering, and he sees everything around him and says it must be, it must be just that <laughs> I'm living in a world where there is no justice, where there is no rationality. This is where he's going to go with this. There is no point to being good, I guess, and so why even be? And then Job's friend, so to speak, so to speak, now <laughs> speaks up and, and 
more or less agrees with them and saying, yeah, you know what? The way it seems in the world is that God blesses the righteous and punishes the wicked. Therefore, you must be a really bad sinner. You must be really have offended God because he's really punishing you. <laughs> what a way to cheer a guy up. So he is adding insult to injury to Job here. Now, Job knows he hasn't done anything wrong. He's struggling with, is there rational justice in the world? I thought the world had a, a system where God would give me, I guess, in a way, seeing the same thing as the other guy, that God would not punish the righteous. But I don't think Job is thinking that, that he deserves God's favor in all things. He just says, should we not receive tribulation from the God as well as good, bad things as well as good? He tells his wife that. So he knows that he should be able to look towards life and say, and, and know that it's not always going to be good. But he wants to know, is there is there justice? Is, is, is this life, in a sense, does it have quality to it? Or is it nonsensical? Does there's no, no point to it? No reason. So this is where he's going to be going with this. And this is why the, the book is so fascinating, because it deals with these questions. What about suffering on the earth? Is God fair? Is God just? Does God only bless the good and only curse the wicked? Or do good people suffer bad things? And those are the questions that Job brings up. Matthew 8 now. Matthew chapter 8, the first part. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And the leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. To my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into the outer darkness, into that place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and waited on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. And healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. The famous, very famous um, 
account of the centurion coming to Jesus is so important and classic in the sense that most of us fall into that camp of Gentiles. And it was a Gentile coming to Jesus saying, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you can heal. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marvels at that faith. The Jews remember the scribes predominantly and Pharisees were so bound up in the law that they could only receive in their minds a Messiah that was ultra-Orthodox doing everything according to the law. Everything would be according to the Torah. And he would be doing what this modern so-called, they're looking at this new rabbi thinking he's the Messiah who has the whole Torah memorized. And he only speaks, you know, he speaks directly from the Torah and all this. And the law, I imagine the Mishnah, they're, they're kind of writing on those first five books of Moses. And supposedly they think he's healing people because people say that, you know, there's so-and-so had this infirmity. They, they haven't seen anybody stretch out their hand yet, and they haven't seen the dead raised or the blind receive their sight. But they have other things they say he's doing. This rabbi in Israel right now does not seem to be correct me, I've only seen a few videos, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, does not seem to be reaching out to the Gentiles and saying, you too are going to sit at the, at the table of Abraham. Many will come from the east and the west. That's a statement saying that there's going to be many Jews and Gentiles at the table of Abraham. He's there making this great proclamation early on in his ministry that through Abraham, all the nations will be blessed. What we just read in Genesis. And this is uh, exciting because we see that Jesus is from the earliest days bringing into his ministry and into salvation the Gentile people. So keep, keep that in mind. And if you haven't seen this new rabbi that the Jews are clamoring around, you might want to look into that. It's kind of interesting. But... Uh, yeah, don't don't see him as the Messiah for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's sad that the Jews do. They have they've missed the fact that their Messiah has been here already and is coming again. Charles Spurgeon, gaining by giving, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Did I redo that one from yesterday? Did I not get it updated? I have a feeling. But why not read it again and we'll send out the real one? If I desire to flourish in soul, I must not hoard up my stores, but must distribute to the poor. To be close and niggardly is the world's way of prosperity, but it is not God's way. For he saith, this is that scattereth, and yet increase increaseth, and there is that with holdeth more than is meat and it tendeth to poverty. Faith's way is gaining and giving. I must try this again and again. And I may expect that as much of prosperity as will be good for me, that will carn to me as gracious reward for a liberal course of action. I think Renee looked up that word, and, and, um, and I forgot what she came, but I think it's come to me. For us, pray to be good for me will come to me as a gracious reward for a liberal course of action. We're going to go with that. 
Of course, I may not be sure of growing rich. I shall be fat, but not too fat. Two great riches might make me as wildly as corpulent persons usually are and cause me the dispersia of worldliness and perhaps being of a fatty disgeneration of the heart. No, if I am fat enough to be healthy, I may be satisfied. And if the Lord grants me a competence, I may be thoroughly content. But that is a mental and spiritual fatness, which I would greatly covet it. And this comes as a result of generous thoughts towards my God, his church, and my fellow men. Let me not stint, lest I starve my heart. Let me be bountiful and liberal, for so shall I be like my Lord. He gave himself to me. Shall I grudge him anything? <laughs> well, be liberal in your giving. Be liberal in your love. Be liberal in all that you do in the kingdom of God. We have a fatness in this world, but God will not begrudge you if you reach out. And if you share, if you give of yourself, and if you give to the kingdom, these are the kinds of things, the liberalism that we're supposed to be. We're all supposed to be liberals, but in the spiritual sense that we are giving of ourselves and giving liberally to those around us of those things of the kingdom of God. And in that, that is a good way to be called yourself a liberal. So thank you for um, helping me read that again. That's an interesting, tricky one to read. Let's go ahead and pray and thank him for this day. Father God, thank you for getting us through our technical problem. Thank you for um, using Micah and being just a great guy and helping us out. And we thank you, God, that he's doing a great ministry where he is as well as Abby and Esty. And we ask your blessing upon Mike and Carly and Asher as they fly home today, that they have a really safe flight, that they have a relaxing flight, that Asher can sleep on the plane and that his ears don't hurt when they come in for a landing. And may you help help his little heart just be completely joy-filled and uh, being this, having enjoyed this whole trip. And we've certainly been blessed and have enjoyed them immensely. So we thank you for them. And may you continue to bless his church and his pastor, uh, which are doing such a phenomenal job in Fredericksburg. And Esti uh, in her ministry in, in Italy, may uh, continue to grow. It's got a wonderful pastor as well, radio ministry and, and their kid ministry with the kids. Phenomenal. And, and Abby with all of the kids that she works with in Knoxville to bless those Calvaries as well. And may you bless ours that we continue to grow. Father, thank you for bringing so many people back. Now the COVID thing is, is waning here. Uh, we thank you that they can get out and they feel uh, confident to travel or able to travel. And coming down, it's always an encouragement to see people come back and excited for the Lord. I thank you for those that travel afar as well. One, one lady telling me that she, she drives down from Nuevo Vallarta. We even have Luz occasionally driving down from Mascota. Uh, just just a fellowship, hear your words. So God, we are blessed and we thank you for that. And may you continue to bring in the brethren. But there's many that can't come right now because of these sicknesses going around. We think of Tony and Bernice and their kids and their kids. I pray God that they're getting better. Pray that you're healing their bodies. We we really covet God that that your prayer prayers for them so that they can get he healed as well as Kim and Dean and their kids that they become healed. Kevin and his back, 
becoming healed up, and a big prayer for Roberto and Lulu, who Lulu just uh, got tested and found out she has COVID. So we really pray for her health, that you keep her healthy, God, and give her the right medicines that she can recover um, quickly and that none of this virus will will settle in her lungs or create breathing problems. So we really pray for her and a lot of rest and a lot of just uh, good good food so that she can recover and get strong. And Roberto, I, I believe, was also has a fever, and so he might need that same care as well. So we pray for them, and we continue to thank you for Juan Carlos and his recovery and his cancer, and our dear friend Maria Elena for her recovery from her cancer as well. And for all those up north that are going through their cancer treatments, God, we continue to pray, ask you to heal them. God, we know that you heal through this radiation, through the chemo, through the doctors, through good diet, in all kinds of ways, God, just heal them. And we would ask, God, that you also continue to grow us up in the Spirit. Help us to continue to understand your Word, to walk in it, to stand in truth, and to just be fortified, stand against the, the coming onslaught of all these attacks upon the church. And we pray a special prayer for China, as they have so, so many people dying every day. They don't have anywhere to bury them or burn them. They're, the corpses are piling up all over the place, and it is a huge problem, God. And all we can pray right now is that you would stay this plague, completely stop it, and but in the process, God, be touching hearts. The Chinese people are now realizing how, how mortal they are, how quickly life can be taken away. So, God, we would ask that you would not allow the enemy to continue to deceive them with their false worship of their uh, of their ancestral gods but that they would come to know you as the true and living god the giver of life and that they would fall on their knees and they would worship you and thank you and that you would give them god you give them hope and give them new life and give them peace in their hearts and you would heal the brokenhearted from those people that have just died bring them comfort and help those in the west those ministries that are working there to be the light and to be the love, to be your arms, to wrap around them, to help. There are many people that have a heart for China working there, God, undercover and secretly and some openly, but we do pray that you just use them mightily. So thank you for this day, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So that will do it. Thank you guys again. We will continue tomorrow, same time. So I encourage you to um, mark the time down and let's spend it together and share the information that will be live at 9 o'clock and that we will have a podcast out as well. So God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.